Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right. Thank you, team. I won't make you play mood music for my entire message. You guys can have a seat. Amen. Amen. How many are ready to hear what God has to say to us this morning? Man, I'm excited. Uh, Earlier, let's just pray real quick for the word. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are bringing your word today, that your word comes with might and power, that it does not return void, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it pierces and does what it needs to go do. So, Father, I ask that your word will do that today, that it will make us have a new understanding, a new illumination of how to live and how to walk in this world. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, so last week I began to share, uh, we're in a series called Revival 2020, and I begin to share what the Lord had just was placing on our hearts about the impact that this church is going to begin to have across this city and down Route 79. And the Lord really painted a picture for me, and he was asking me some questions. And he said, you know, he said, Jason, basically, where have you lived? Where have you lived since you moved to western Pennsylvania? And I started mapping out all the different places I lived. And sure enough, as I draw those, draw those places where we've lived as a family on a map, it makes a cross. It makes a cross across Erie County and down Route 79. And the Lord was very clear, this is the area that you will reach. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And I'm excited about it. And there's all these things we're going to go do. And I'm thinking... You know, 10 steps ahead. I'm so excited what God's going to do. Like, when are we going to start planning more churches? When are we going to partner with churches in Meadville? And, you know, down in Cranberry, like, I'm all getting fired up. And the Lord just started ministering to me. He says, well, there's some, there's some work we have to do here. There's some work that we have to go do here and here. And we need to begin to build this foundation. And there's some truths that we need to understand. And the Lord began speaking to me about using the name of Jesus and taking our rightful authority and taking the authority of the believer that we have and how to use that and how to wield that power and how to break demonic strongholds and how to begin to really see this revival and this revolution and this movement that I was talking about last week really take hold. So he's talking to me about this and I'm writing down these notes earlier in the week and I'm thinking of and then we have a meeting with someone in our congregation and when you know he comes he's like you know I just wanted to share a few things with you and I really feel like one of the most important things that we as a church need to do one of the most important things we need to understand is the authority that we have as believers to break demonic forces to pull down strongholds to be able to really see this actual area change not just even the lost saved and the sick healed but truly a transformed area for Jesus Christ and I was just like oh my goodness I can't believe he's saying that I told him afterwards I was like this is my message on Sunday (laughs) I was like, so thank you for giving me confirmation here of what the Lord wants to share, what the Lord wants to go do in this place. And I want to start in in the verse that we've been using in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14 through 16. 
This has been the base verse for this entire series that we're doing. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. My people, that's us. It's interesting that revival starts with us. It's interesting that healed land starts with us. It's interesting that the lost saved starts with us. Interesting that the sick being healed really begins with us. By, by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will, hear, I will heal their land. It says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive made to the, to the prayers made in this place. And that's where we left off last week. And so this week, again, I love how the Lord works these things together. It says, and starting in verse 16, it says, for now. Ha <laughs> Now. Not tomorrow. Now. It's saying now. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Now. I looked it up. What does it mean? Now. Right now, right where we are, right now, right now. Well, what is now? Now that the saying God has chosen and sanctified this house. Now, today, he has chosen you. He has chosen me. Today is the day that he is calling us to take a step and to stand up against the enemy's schemes and the plans. Now, today is the day. And I started thinking, like, oh my goodness, so he has chosen us. He sanctified this house. But what do we go do? How do we fight this battle? This is how I fight my battles. What do we fight this battle with? That my name may be there forever. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love scripture. God's just answering the questions. He's answering the things. He's saying, but now use my name. You have it. It's available. My name sits in this sanctuary, in this house, in these people, available for us to use now. Not tomorrow, now. When's, when's tomorrow? Is tomorrow. Then it's now again. You understand, tomorrow there's another now, right where we are now. He's saying, my name is available to use right now. And I think too often we we get mixed up between the authority that we have and prayer. And I'm not going to get into a big theological difference between the two this morning because I want us to practice a little bit about using the name and using the name of Jesus and the authority that we have. But sometimes I believe that we start to get mixed up and we're praying for things that we should be taking authority over. Church, this is real. And the, and, and the Lord tells us to pray. He gives us the model prayer. And he tells us certain things we have to go do. But if you watch Jesus, well, watch him. If you read about him and then picture it in your mind, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm telling you, I'm a sports fan, okay? I mean, any sports fans out there? Anybody ever see Sports Center? Come on. Anybody ever see the top 10 on Sports Center? I'm telling you, man, there are going to be top tens in heaven. Like, they're going to just roll video clips for us. Be like, watch Moses part in the Red Sea, baby. Watch this. I don't know where that one's going to rank in the top ten. We're going to be watching. We're like, yeah, look at this. This is awesome. Look at it. Oh, there it goes. Oh, my goodness. Right? I'm excited about this. Jesus is going to have a top ten, too. But if you notice, when Jesus went around healing people, do you know that he ever, he actually did not pray for a single person that he healed? I was like, wait, what? He did not pray for somebody to be healed. Every time he healed somebody, he took authority. And he commanded the body to get up and walk. He commanded the eyes to be open. He commanded the leprosy to leave. 
He actually used the authority that was given to him because he was filled with the Spirit of God. He commanded those things to happen. Now, do we pray for wisdom? Absolutely. Do we pray for direction? Absolutely. The Bible even says that we lay hands on the sick and pray for them. There's certain things, and healing is a really unique thing, that there's like five or six different ways, maybe more, that God shows his healing power and touch in the Bible. But one of the main ways that he shows is by taking the authority that he had, that we actually have, to command things, to use the words of our mouth, and to speak things that are not so that they will be. And I'm just like, I cannot believe Jesus didn't pray for someone to get healed. Like, go try, look for it. See if you can find it. It doesn't work. You can't find it. And so what I believe that the Lord is telling us to do is that we have to pray in the, in the name of Jesus. We talked about that last week for certain things. We need to pray the Lord's Prayer. We pray for daily needs. We pray for direction. But there are things that the Bible clearly commands us that we need to take authority over. And we as a church need to begin to start taking authority over those things in our life that have set themselves up against the knowledge of God and against the will of God. We have power in our words. He has given us authority to speak things out and to change the atmosphere in which we live in. You only want to see our marriages transformed? We need to speak to the devil to get the devil out of our marriage. In Jesus' name. There are things we have to do, and I'm going to teach you a little bit about that this morning on how to go do that. It's called taking authority, the authority of the believer. As I said, we foreshadowed earlier some of the things I want to talk about. There are four major ways in which we can take authority, and one of them is using the name of Jesus, and we're going to spend time on that here this morning. The other one is the blood of Jesus. The other one is the word of God, and the other one is our praise. These are things that God shows in his scripture on how to take authority in our lives. But I want to first start with the name of Jesus. So John 1.1, and we need to talk about this name of Jesus first before we understand why we can use it the way he commands us to use it. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. You understand, Jesus was, he was around from the very beginning. He was around from the very beginning. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then, and then in John 1, 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so when we say the name of Jesus, when we speak the name of Jesus, we, and and, and this is how I like to use the analogy, we are taking the word, which is Jesus, and he came in the flesh, the word, and saying every promise that's in here, everything that God has said belongs to us in here, everything that he said he will do, when we are speaking the name of Jesus, we are taking this word. And using it as an authority and saying, no, I cover this thing with the word. I cover this thing with the word. When we say, in the name of Jesus, sickness must go. In the name of Jesus, this relationship needs to be restored. In the name of Jesus, these strongholds need to be pulled down. We as a church need to begin using the authority that we have as a believer. You say, okay, well, this is great. We have this name. Well, how do I know that using this name has been transferred to us? Look at Matthew 28, verse 18. 
You see, Jesus has transferred the authority of his name to us. For us to be able to use and to wield like a sword that we don't ever have to put away. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth. So when we say this name of Jesus, he has transferred this name to be our weapon to use to take authority. Luke 10, 19 says this. I'm going to give a couple scriptures here. Then we're going to look at a story in Acts and really show how this works. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to what? To trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Come on, church. He didn't say pray over the serpents and the scorpions. He says, I've given you authority over those things. I've given you a power and authority when you speak my name, the name of Jesus, over these things. The situation begins to change. This has nothing to do with, well, I don't, okay, Pastor, are you telling me not to pray anymore? No, I didn't say that. There are things we absolutely pray for and we seek God for, but there are certain things that we've been spending too much time praying for when the actual power and the authority rests right here with our mouth to be able to speak to this thing and to see something change in our life. I think God sometimes is up there looking at us going, I've given you the power to the, why do you keep asking me to do this? Why do you keep pleading to me and begging, oh, oh, will you do Listen, sometimes we just have to say it and begin to speak it and say, this is what the word of God says about this situation and I command it to be in Jesus' name. I love to pray. Man, I'll pray on Wednesday nights. Pray, 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 pray. I want to pray. But church, we need to also begin speaking this powerful name of Jesus over situations in our life. We have been given authority and we need to use it. Matthew 16 Actually, Matthew 18, verse 18, says this. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, listen, he's now giving them to us, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven have been transferred to the church, have been transferred to those who believe, have been transferred to those who are making Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. The keys of the kingdom have been transferred to us. And what does that mean? It says that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I don't see anything about prayer in there. It's saying the keys of the kingdom of heaven are ours and whatever we bind and loose with our words and with our mouths, things begin to happen. I read a different translation of it. It says whatever you forbid on earth, listen to this, whatever you forbid on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Mm. As earth as it is in heaven. If there is something in your life that needs forbidden, that is not in line with God's word, then we need to speak to that thing with the word of God and say, you know what, that needs to be loose and that needs to go. That thing needs bound up and it needs to go in Jesus' name. And often, you know, we pray for finances and it's good to pray for finance, give us this day our daily bread, but there's a time and a place where we need to begin loosing the finances of where they are kept and loose them into our kingdom. 
into our possession. So when and how do we use this name? I'll tell you what, you know, Liz was saying this morning too, we have to be very careful with different things that we say, not using the word but after I love you, and that's such a, it's so good in so many ways. Can I tell you, church, that we need to be really careful not to use the Lord's name in vain? You know, honestly, I would rather hear a four-letter word than the five-letter word of J-E-S-U-S, our Savior, to be used in a situation where it's not called for. And it grieves me. Look, I've done it. I mean, I've repented of it. I've done it. You probably all have done it. Usually when you stub your toe, (laughs) drop something, kick something. But church, we need to be so careful of using the name of Jesus for anything else than what it was intended to go do, which is to be sent forth with power to change the situation, to change the arena, to change the atmosphere in which we are living and walking in, to change our relationships, to change our bodies and the healings that we need to have happen in our life. Please be so careful. Mark 16, verse 17 says this. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs. Will, so it's like, well, what are they? I'd like to know. If, if, any believers in here today? Which means the signs, these signs shall actually follow you. These signs should follow you. If you're not seeing these signs following you, we need to start asking ourselves, why not? Why are these signs not following me everywhere that I go? Well, let's see what it says. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name. Oh, why are these things not following you? Because you're not using the authority that God has given you by using the name of Jesus Christ in your situation. He answers the question. These signs will follow. You get real excited, but it says, in my name they will cast out demons. In my name they will speak with new tongues. In my name they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In my name they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus laid hands on the sick and commanded the bodies to be made whole. Turn with me to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to just walk through verse 1 through 10. And I just want to show this in action. And then I think we should take a little action today. Like, why leave here learning something and not do it? Like, like what is, what's the purpose of that? Why come? (laughs) Right? That sounded really great. Let's go eat some lunch. Well, Well, a second. Let's use the name of Jesus on the way out of here. Let's use the name of Jesus all afternoon and take authority where we need to take authority. Come on, church. Shoot. (laughs) Acts chapter 3, 1 through 10. Now Peter and John went up together. First of all, can we just stop there for a second? Peter and John were together. Church, we need to be going after this together. You need to be fighting your battles with some help. And Jesus fights our battles in the blood of Jesus and the word. But you know what? It's okay. Even Peter and John were going somewhere together. This life is difficult. And sometimes if Peter was struggling, I bet you John said, Hey, man, 
It's okay, let's do this. And sometimes if John was struggling, Peter was probably, come on, man, let's go, let's do this. We need to be encouraging one another. Spouses, you need to be encouraging one another. Not tearing each other down. Come on. Encouraging one another. Now Peter and John went up together. To the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Look church, this was scheduled. There was some prayer that was scheduled. We got scheduled prayer too. Prayer can be spontaneous, but prayer is scheduled here. Look at even back then, 2,000 years ago, prayer was scheduled. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Look, first of all, we need to point out, this guy, it wasn't like a recent sickness that he had. Okay? It wasn't a recent sickness. This guy was from birth. And it says a certain man. It doesn't say child. Okay, so a certain man, I don't know what age we all want to agree if someone turns in from a boy to a man. Anybody want to throw out a number out there? 22. 20, oh, 22, specific number. Okay, 16, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay, but this guy, this man, now you're all like, man, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know, 22, 21. It's crazy, you know, sometimes you can vote, but you can't rent a car. Like, I just, whatever. It's a whole other thing. Don't get, me, don't get me sidetracked on rent-a-cars, okay? Whatever. Okay, at a certain age, he was lame from his mother's womb. So this guy was lame for quite some time. Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John together about to go to the temple, he asked for some alms. Look at church. This man turned and was looking for something. He was seeking something. He was asking for something. He needed something. There are people in your life that are all around you that are looking, that are needing something, that are asking for things, that are begging for things, and there's something that you have on the inside of you if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior that you can give them. There's something that you can give them, something you can share with them. There is power that you have on the inside that you can begin to use and help that person in their life. They were about to go into the temple. This man was searching. He was looking. Verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. I love this. He got the guy's attention. Now, I don't know how many times this guy was here begging for something. It doesn't say if he was there every day. It doesn't even say that maybe Peter and John walked by this guy ten different times before. But this was the day. Now. Today is the day. Now. That Peter and John turned to him and Peter said, look at me. He got the man's attention. And you see, there are things in this life that you need to get the attention of. There are plans and purposes that the enemy has trying to come against you, and you need to get that attention of that enemy. You need to say, hey, look at me. Devil, look at me. Demon, look at me. What was you say? That's right, look up at me. And it's it's the same parallel in here. This man, if he was lame, he had to look up. Did he not? Because they were walking... And he was laying. You had to look up. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. 
Then Peter said, listen to this, this is what we need to do. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter took authority that he had in the name of Jesus and he commanded something that needed to be fixed in the name of Jesus and he spoke those words. Peter didn't say, oh, come over here. Would it be okay if I pray for you? Now look, look, I'm not saying to go into work tomorrow like blasting through the doors and grabbing people and say, you be healed in Jesus' name. I take authority over that devil that's on the inside of you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, don't, don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Man, I shouldn't say that. If you are spirit-led, I mean, Smith Wigglesworth punched people for crying out loud. I'm not saying to punch anybody. Okay, we're going too far here. No, well, seriously, if the Spirit of God tells you to speak to someone tomorrow, then speak to them. And let the whole, the, what the word says, that the Holy Spirit speaks through us. And so I suggest saying a short prayer in your own mind, Holy Spirit, please speak through me, before opening up your mouth. And God will lead it. God will direct it. So what does he say? He says, I will give you silver and gold I do not have, but what I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter did not pray. He didn't stop and fall on his knees. He didn't begin to beg God for anything. He commanded the situation to change. And he did it by taking the authority that he had in the name of Jesus. Verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Notice, he didn't lift him up and then say, in the name of Jesus. He spoke and commanded what needs to be in that man's life, and then he picked him up. And then he pulled him up. And he said, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Come on, immediately. Peter took the authority in the name of Jesus, and then he grabbed him and he said, it's time to get up. It's time to start walking in the truth that God has for you in your life. The truth of the healing power the truth of the relationship being restored, the truth of the things that God has for us in our life. Immediately, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Come on, church. Immediately. What happens when God does these types of things? Verse 8. And so he, the former lame person, was leaping, stood up, walked, entered the temple. He was walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and pray. Isn't that a song? This walking and leaping and this is where it comes from. Church, these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall use the name of Jesus. We shall see the sick healed, the lost saved. This is the power and the authority that we have to see people jumping and leaping and praising God. Jumping and leaping and praising God. Verse 9. And I love this. When God, when we begin to use the authority that God has given us, we begin to change our workplaces and we begin to change our schools. I mean, students, look, I'm talking to you guys this morning. 
You guys can begin walking into your school and changing the atmosphere in the school. You need to be yelling it out. You don't have to walk down the hallways yelling the name of Jesus. But you can walk and in under your breath, saying out loud, saying the name of Jesus, I command this school to get in line with the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I command prayer to come back into this school. You don't think that prayer groups will start happening? I'm telling you, they will. You have power and authority that's been given to you by Jesus by using his name. In your workplaces, you want to see your entire workplace saved? Start walking in there and start saying, you know what? In the name of Jesus, this entire workforce will be saved. Come on. Do that every day for a month. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, look at that. There's people coming to church. There's people being saved. There's people's lives are being transformed. We need to take the authority that God has given us. Verse 9, and here's what's, here's what's the awesome part. And all the people saw him. So when God does a miracle, when God says, hey, take this authority, watch this situation in your life change, and someone starts running around, sometimes it's us, sometimes we're the ones running around leaping and praising God. What happens is that others begin to see it. All the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew, they knew, they knew, they knew that it was that same guy who was begging alms at the, at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Filled with wonder and amazement. Sydney, if you want to come back up here. All the people saw it. All the people knew it. And if you look at the rest of this chapter... It actually opened the doors for Peter to be able to share the gospel message. Think about that. How did it all start? They were on their way to prayer. And then they said, you know what? The atmosphere here has to change. The at- if you want the atmosphere of your homes to begin to change, then you need to speak to that atmosphere. And say, there will be an atmosphere of peace in Jesus' name in this home. There will be an atmosphere of joy in Jesus' name in this home. And we need to speak to those things that have set themselves up against the word of God. And take authority over those things and say, you no longer have a stronghold here. You have to go in Jesus' name. And you don't have to pray about it. You just have to use the authority And command it in the name of Jesus. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to speak that word. So as we close today, I want to take a moment to practice this. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't need to know. But I know as well as I'm, I was going to say standing, as I'm pacing up here. I know as well as I'm pacing that each and every one of you has something in your life that is not aligned with the Word of God the way it needs to be. It could be health, it could be a relationship, it could be finances, it could be a spiritual battle that's going on. 
But this morning, I want to change the atmosphere. I want to change the atmosphere of your homes, of your workplaces, of this church, of this city, of this area, of this country. And I want to take a few minutes and I want to ask each and every one of you just to bow your head, to close your eye, and let the Lord reveal to you now the thing that you need to speak against, that has set itself up against the will of God in your life. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you just to, really not to pray, but to speak. And tell whatever it is, if it's something that needs to be bound up, bind it up. Something that needs loosed, then loose it by your words. By the power and the authority that Jesus Christ has given us. And I just want you to use the phrase in the name of Jesus, I, whatever it is, I command the situation to change. I command the sickness to go. We're making declarations and commandments here this morning. This is not a prayer. This is changing the atmosphere by the power and the authority that God has given us. So go ahead and let's just take a moment to do that. Thank you, Father. Just take that authority that he's given you. Command that thing that needs change, changed in Jesus' name. name of Jesus, I command bodies to be made whole. In the name of Jesus, I command relationships to be restored. In the name of Jesus, I command workplaces to be transformed. In the name of Jesus, I command the spirit power to reign and rule in our schools. tell you, church, as we're doing that, you may go home and say, well, I haven't seen anything change yet. Continue to use the authority of the name of Jesus to take situations that need to be changed and begin to change them. 
I'm going to tell you what, when you do that in the spiritual realm, things are moving immediately. Things are changing immediately. Things are changing in the spiritual realm. I'm just going to take three minutes. I told this story on a Wednesday night. It's one of the most powerful moments. Um, revelation of the authority. Revelation that stuff is real deal. Today, in this day and age, it's the real deal. Um, my daughter, this is nine years ago, my daughter was suffering. She was three years old and she was suffering with a, um, an issue that is really difficult for a child to suffer with. Um, it was severe constipation. So the pain that that causes and trying to explain that to a child and trying to get them to partner with what will make it better um, is very, very difficult. It was very emotional. Um, it was very emotional and very difficult to walk through. And um, we were coming home that night and we had joy planned for our family that night. Um, we just had joy planned. I don't know if it was we were going to, I don't remember, were we going to watch a movie together, get in our jammies, pop popcorn, we, but we had a plan and we were excited. And on the way home, the signs and the symptoms and this issue, it would start stirring up and then you would end up where she was suffering for hours and you were trying to help her. Um, and it started, it started. And we came into the house and he went upstairs with her in the bathroom and I was downstairs it was just a thought in my head. It was a thought in my head, the enemy is stealing your joy. And I heard it, and I paid attention to it, and I know the word. So where does reading the word and planning that word on the inside of you come into place? Where does that time in prayer come into play? comes into prayer right there. Is I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit who was coming to teach me and to help me and I know the word says that the enemy comes but to steal and to kill and destroy. I know that's what the word says. I know that, and immediately I knew that the word says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so this is all very casual. I'm literally walking down my hallway and I have the thought and I go, devil, you will not steal the joy from my family tonight. I resist you in the name of Jesus and you have got to go. And I kept walking. I mean, I just said it. I kept walking. And I walked up the steps and I walked through the bathroom. And from the door of the bathroom to where she was sitting was not very far. And as I, every step I took, a spirit of compassion. I mean, for her. Not pity. It wasn't pity. It just was a, it was a weight of compassion for this baby, for this child. And by the time I got to her, I put my hands on her face and I hadn't even prayed yet, and I felt the power of God go out of me and into her body, and it literally came out of me into her body, and what was in her came out. I mean, I know that's a lot of information, but what I'm saying is that previous says hours. It's hours of tears. It's hours of crying. It's, it's, it's I won't go what it, what it would end up being. And she just looked up at me. And I, and I just, we rejoiced. There was rejoicing. And then we went about our night of joy. And it was a miracle. It was miraculous. And it was the Holy Spirit teaching. And, you know, I'm up here, Pastor Liz, and I yell at you week after week. And I tell you things week after week. I, just, I mean, I, I was a mom. Just a mom. I'm just a mom now, too. 
you know? Just a mom, the greatest thing in the whole world that we can be. Um, Just a dad, just a wife, just a husband, just the most important roles, just a believer, that the Holy Spirit is good and he will teach you in this. Ask him, ask him, and he will show you, he will reveal to you the scheme of the enemy. And we don't like to, I honestly, I don't like talking about him too much because he's so beneath us. He's such, he's such a big bully. He's such a big bully and he doesn't have power. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the power. And that's why he's such a good liar because he has to fake it. And he's very convincing. He's very, very clever, but I don't like to talk about him. I don't like to draw attention to him, but every situation since then, if there is, there is a scheme of the enemy because he is clever and ask the Lord to reveal what is the scheme? What are the lies that we're believing as a family? What are the lies that we've believed about ourselves, about our future? What are the lies we're believing about who God is? That he's big and angry, that he's ashamed of us. Uh-uh. What are the lies that I need to demolish? What are the agreements I've made that need to be broken in Jesus' name? He will answer you. He will show you. And when he speaks, I'm almost done. I know what time it is. When he speaks and when you know that it was him, you have confidence. You have the confidence of heaven. And that, that boldness that you see that you've seen in other people, I right now declare and decree it will come upon you because that's what happens. It comes upon you, comes from within you. It rises up in you. And you know, in that moment, it is Christ in me because I know me and this is more than me. This is Christ in me, this boldness that comes because you know that the Holy Spirit just spoke to you. You know, you're being taught of him. And he'll tell you what to do. And the word becomes alive in you. This will happen. We will see greater works in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the hour is a little late. I know it's like 50 degrees out there. But I think it's just getting, it's just warming up to 50. So we don't have to rush. We do have some prayer team leaders that are going to come up front now. If you guys can make your way up, uh, up to the front. If you need prayer for anything in your life, prayer of agreement, you want to pray over something, you want someone to lay hands on you because you have been sick, and the Bible says you shall be healed in Jesus' name. But I also want to encourage you, if you're here this morning, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you said, you know, I hear all you're saying, and I just sense such a void in my life that I need to have Jesus to be a part of my life. I realize that I I can't do this alone. That I've sinned and I have fallen short and I need the grace of God in my life. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If that's you this morning, I want you to meet me right up here. I want to probably, right at this first seat, I'll be at this first reserved sign. I want to meet you up here. And if you know somebody that's struggling, that's named Phyllis, Karen, or Brian, wherever those names came from, they came from the Holy Spirit, I want to talk with you just for a minute because I feel like there's something else the Lord wants to share uh, in that realm. So please come up and see me for salvation. Otherwise, come up here and get some prayer. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed.
enjoy this beautiful sunny day that feels like spring. But it's not. It's tricking you. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.